The following presentation is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that it will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. How good is how good has that been, hey? Very good. Uh, we're continuing our our sermon series through Mark this morning, and uh, the Bible passage we're going to be looking at this morning is Mark chapter two, verses thirteen to seventeen. If you've got a Bible there, please open it up there. It'll also I'll put some words on the screen as well for us to help as we read along. The title of our message this morning is that Jesus is the friend of sinners. It is uh, so appropriate that that is what we're looking at today. Of all topics, of all days, that is what we're looking at today. It's great to have you here and my prayer is that uh, as we come before the, the word of the Lord, that he will indeed speak to our hearts, that he'll challenge us that he'll reveal something about himself to us and that he'll reveal something about ourselves as well. So why don't I pray? Our loving Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We ask now that as we come before your word, that your Holy Spirit who inspired these words would be our teacher this morning in Jesus' name for his sake. Amen. So Mark chapter 2. Starting at verse 13, this is the word of the Lord for us this morning. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were also Pharisees, saw him eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. We're going to focus on two questions this morning. Now, I'm happy to give you the questions up front, actually. First question is, who needs Jesus? The second question is, how do they get to meet him? Who needs Jesus and how do they get to meet him? And Jesus is going to answer both of these questions for us in verse 17. And maybe you already know the answer to these questions. Maybe it's like the, the student at exam time, you're thinking, oh, I've already done this, I can put my pen down and zone out for a while. Well, let me encourage you this morning just to, just to listen and reflect and allow once again Jesus' answer to this question. 
to impact you? So we'll get to the answers to these questions later, but first, a story. And this story has a pattern to it that is familiar to us. Jesus sees someone, he calls them, and they follow him. He sees, he calls, they follow. In Mark chapter 1, verses 16 through to 20, Jesus sees Simon or Peter and his brother Andrew. He calls them and they follow. He also sees James and his brother John. He calls them and they follow. Now with this pattern in mind, look with me at verses 13 to 15 of Mark chapter 2. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. Now, previously to this part in the story, to this part in the Gospel of Mark, we have seen that Jesus has been healing people. He's been healing them of some pretty obvious issues. Some were possessed by impure spirits. Others had fevers. Some suffered from leprosy and other types of diseases. At least one was paralyzed. Jesus has been healing and and freeing people from some pretty obvious things that were going on in their lives, some pretty obvious barriers to a fullness of life, you might say. We saw last week that Jesus changes the conversation that's being had about him. See, people have been talking about, man, this Jesus bloke, he is a teacher. He teaches with authority, but he's not just a teacher. He's a healer. Did you see what happened to that that leprosy person, that person who had leprosy? Did you see what happened to that person who, had, who was paralyzed? Well, Jesus isn't happy with people just talking about him like that. He, he takes the conversation and he, he includes in there not only Jesus the teacher, Jesus the healer, but Jesus the forgiver of sins. We saw that last week with the paralyzed man. Jesus has the authority to forgive sins. And this is where our man Levi comes in. Levi, or Matthew as he's he's known in in Matthew chapter 9, isn't suffering from leprosy or another sort of disease or ailment that's really obvious to most people around him, it would seem. He's not paralyzed, he's not possessed by a demon. See, Levi could be just another person on the street except for the fact that his day job 
as a tax collector or as a toll booth operator. It meant that Levi was labelled as a sinner. Now back then, sinner was a label that was given to people who were notoriously wicked. It's also a label that was given to people who failed to observe God's law according to how it was defined and interpreted by the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. Becoming a tax collector automatically gave you that label. But not only that, it excluded you from coming into fellowship with God's people in the synagogue, the local church, you might say. I imagine in the crowd that followed Jesus that day that it would have been made up of a variety of different folk. It would have been the wealthy, the working class, the rich and the poor, the sick, the religious, some that knew they needed Jesus, others that did not. would have been obvious to everyone in that crowd there on that day. The label that Levi was known as, that he, was, that he went by. Amongst the crowded collection of people, Jesus saw Levi, the tax collector. Amongst the crowded collection of people on that day, Jesus saw Levi, the sinner. And when Jesus sees Levi, when he sees this sinner, he doesn't distance himself. Instead, Jesus gets personal. He stops at the toll booth and he says to Levi, follow me. Now that interaction would have raised a few eyebrows, would have gotten a few tongues wagging. But it wasn't enough for Jesus just to talk to Levi. Jesus goes further. He went to Levi's house and had dinner with him and other sinners and tax collectors. This is a big thing for Jesus to do. So the house of a tax collector was seen by those of that day, especially the religious people, the the teachers of the law. The house was seen as a, a place of impurity. For Jesus to say, on one hand, the kingdom of God is near. And then to go and spend time with sinners would have been deeply offensive to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. Those houses were off limits. It would harm your reputation. It was seen by some as harming your relationship with God to go there. I wonder if there are some houses that are seen this way by folk today. Are there some houses today that religious folk would look at and go, 
Don't go there. If someone was to walk in, it would harm their reputation. Spending time there would raise eyebrows and get tongues wagging. Well, think about it. Would Jesus go there for a meal today? As we heard through the testimonies of, of Clinton, Isabel and Matt this morning, Jesus is personal. He knows exactly who we are. But what Jesus sees in us goes beyond any label that people might give us. Goes beyond any, any profile picture we might present to the world. Goes beyond our resume. Goes beyond what other people might say about us. Jesus knows all that but he also knows our heart he knows what makes us tick he knows the me that I won't tell others about and rather than shying away from us Jesus gets personal he comes to us looks at us and calls us to follow him. Amongst this crowd that is gathered here today, you need to know that Jesus sees you. And knowing the truth of who you are, Jesus is calling you to follow him. How will you respond to his call? Jesus' call to sinners isn't just met with obedience. It's also met with scepticism and rejection by others. Look with me at verses 16 to 17. When the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with, with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Notice that question on their lips at the end of verse 16. Why does Jesus eat with tax collectors and sinners? Why does Jesus spend time with the kind of people who don't have their life in order? Why does he spend his time with people who haven't kept all the commandments? Why does Jesus spend time with people who aren't the right kind of people? Why doesn't he spend time with people who might be different to us, people who aren't like us. Jesus' response to this question is both compassionate 
and to the point. On hearing it, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus doesn't spend time with sinners because he approves of their actions. He spends time with them because he is the saviour. And he has come to save those who need saving. Doctors treat the sick, not healthy people. It's the sinners who need the saviour, not the righteous. They are the ones who need Jesus. And unfortunately, the Pharisees don't seem to understand that that actually includes them. They believe that their own righteousness is enough to get them through. That their own efforts of holy living makes them the right kind of people. They're not looking for a doctor because they don't think they're sick. They're not looking for a saviour because they don't think they need saving. In fact, the opposite is true, friends. We all need a saviour. Romans chapter 3. Tells us, there, tells us that there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does, God, who does good, not even one. You can't get any more clear than that. The Bible shows us that we all fall short, that we don't meet the standard. None of us. How do you see yourself today? Do you see yourself as sick or as safe? Those who see themselves as sick know that they're unwell. They know that they don't have their life together, whatever that happens to mean. They know that they need a doctor and they're willing to look for him. Those who assume they're safe, on the other hand, might believe that their own righteousness will get them through. They might also be sceptical will find Jesus and Christianity to be a bit sus. If this is you this morning, can I ask, is there a chance that you are oblivious to the symptoms of your own sin? Is there a chance that you are in fact sick and need to have the sickness of your sin treated friends we all need Jesus 
the question we need to be asking is how do we get to meet him? Notice in this story, not just what Jesus says, but what he does. We've been reminded throughout this series that Jesus is and brings good news. Notice what he does there. The only way that Jesus can go walking by a lake, go into someone's home, is because he is God in the flesh. God come to us. God of the universe, come down and walk this earth amongst people, sinful people, people who have rejected him, who want nothing to do with him. Friends, other religions are based around humans, a human search for God, to go to God. Christianity is the opposite. It's built on God's search for humanity. It's about God of the universe coming to us. And he searches us out to treat the sickness of our sin. Romans again. Chapter 5. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus sees you, friend. He knows you. He comes to you just as you are. He doesn't say, get right and then come to me. He doesn't say to you, you're not the right kind of person to be able to have a, have a chat, have a meal with me. He comes to you just as you are. And loving you, he dies for you and calls you to follow him. Have you responded to his call today? Have you invited him into your life and said to him, Jesus, treat the sickness of my sin? Are you willing to hear his call to you today and respond to him in repentance and faith? There's a number of ways where you might be able to do this. One way might be to, you you might not have a, a Bible of your own. I'd invite you to come and there's a few Bibles down the front here. Grab one of those. There's also some in the foyer as you leave. They're free. 
Grab one. Have a read through. We're going through the Gospel of Mark at the moment. That might be a good place for you to start. It's only 16 chapters. Read and hear Jesus' call on your life. Or maybe you'd be comfortable talking with someone. I'll be standing down here at the end of the service. You're welcome to come and have a chat with me. Or maybe you've got a Christian friend or family member that you trust. Hey, you'd be willing to, to talk with them. Let them know what you've been hearing in your heart today. Maybe you'd be willing to respond by praying to God. Just in your words, out of your own heart, and respond in that way to him. Confessing your sin, repenting of your sin, and choosing to follow him. Or maybe, maybe there's something about baptism that's, that's niggling in you. And you say, that is what I need to do to follow Jesus. Can I encourage you to come and talk to me about that this morning? We're going to fill the pool at the end of the year too. Let's go again, hey? I'd love to have a chat to you. Let us pray. Our loving Lord and Heavenly Father, maker of the universe, the righteous one. Lord, it should floor us to think that you would come to us and be the friend of sinners. That you would see us in our, our sickness, our sin. Lord, rather than keep us at a distance or, or rather than say, look, you've got to sort yourself out before you can come to me. Lord, you, you come. You take the initiative as only you can. There's nothing we can do to treat the sickness of our sin. Lord, we need the doctor. And that is you. And you come to us. You see us as we are. And you call us to follow you. Lord, I pray there will be people today that your Holy Spirit has just been going at their heart. That they will have got a sense of your love for them, a sense of your call for them, and that they will respond and follow you. Lord, whether that be in a conversation with someone, whether that be reading through your word, or whether that be praying their own prayer, Lord, I thank you that you hear our prayers and that you answer them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this presentation from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.